All right, welcome back to the Midwest Coast Pod. Um, Jack, unfortunately, could not make it today. Um, I believe it's because he did not win any of his Super Bowl prop bets, um, and he is ashamed of himself, and he is waiting for um, the Jake Paul-Ben Askren fight to go under the national anthem uh, length to actually take home some money. Um, so... <clears throat> Join with me, at, per usual, I would say, uh, Phil Emmerich. Phil, how are you doing tonight? Nick, doing great. It's always a pleasure. Um, I'm sure you'll get into how I fared with my bets, but needless to say, I'm not relying on Jake Paul to get my tail out from underneath my legs. So, real happy about that. Phil, do you just want to um, rattle off the bets that you actually won um, for your props at it uh, shouldn't take long. Nope, shouldn't take too long. Like most Super Bowl prop bettors, I came out um, behind. So my bets that I won, I had the longest touchdown scored being under 45 and a half yards. I put 100 on that at minus 115. I also, uh, thanks to a great fourth down stop by the Chiefs, uh, shortest touchdown of being over one and a half yards. I hit that at $100 at plus 110. And then thanks to the Bucks deciding to not let it be a game, uh, Bruce Arians was drenched before the end of the game. That's $200 at minus 160. So um, that ended up being my hits. Shout out to Paul George, by the way, for being a total bitch and not suiting up against the Kings. But, you know, so so be it. Yeah, no, I, I, I really do hate to see it. That's a, that's a real bad beat. Um, so... Even though you did horrible, you actually were in second place. Um, so that's kind of all you need to know about listening to our props. You should probably just fade all of us and you'd end up ahead. Um, Tim, we, we, we brought Tim on the pod to break down bets because Tim is uh, an absolute degenerate. He loves betting. Um, and he did, he did terrible. Um, he, he only hit Kelsey on over um, 105 and a half yards and the coach being drenched before the end of the game. And um, he only took home 246 bucks. Jesus, that's bad. Um, so even though you lost um, just a little less than half your money, um, he lost um, uh, just over uh, three quarters. Um, yeah, so, um, I already mentioned that Jack won zero so far. Um, he's waiting on the Jake Paul fight, but, um, so I am your winner. Um, it's not really surprising. I, uh, I actually came out ahead just slightly. Um, by my calculations, I took home 1,362 bucks. Oh, wow. How about that? Um, the first one that I won was uh, the first score method um, as a Kansas City field goal at plus 400. That was huge. Um, I put 50 bucks on that. Um, so I don't know if you knew this, um, but uh, so I looked up at the box score thinking that I lost this one, and I actually didn't. Um, and I don't think you'll believe this, but um, I bet the no on will team – 
or on will either team score three unanswered times, and actually that hit. Um, really? Yes, that hit. Uh, no team, even though it was a it was a boring ass Super Bowl, um, and one where I kind of wish that I had my three and a half hours back. Um, <clears throat> the no actually hit yeah. at plus one forty five. Wow. I mean, now that I'm playing it back, there was always a field goal by the Chiefs to kind of spread out the scoring by the Bucks. So, um, yeah, I guess that one definitely is. Yep. And then um, the ones that I that really cashed me out were um, I had Hill at under 83 and a half uh, receiving yards, and that was plus 155. I put 200 bucks on that. And then that was great. And then, great bet. Yep. And then also I had Mike, uh, Mike Evans at under 57 and a half receiving yards at plus 140 and I put 200 bucks on that. So those are kind of my cash cows. Um, one kind of bad beat that I also had was Xander Shoffley winning at 10 to one. Um, yep. He shot so well um, for the first three rounds. Um, I think he shot something like a 66, 65, 66. And then um, he ended up, uh, shooting five, um, five strokes worse than Kepka in the last round and ended up losing by one. So that's kind of how betting goes, folks. That's a bad beat. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a bad beat. <laughs> yeah, he shot the old 71 um, in his last round and kind of gave it away. So that's how it goes. Yep, there it is. So there you have it. That's um, I guess there's no need to go back and uh, listen to our previous pod unless you want to um, relive all of Jack's terrible bets. Um, it's almost amazing. You almost have to try to lose every single one of your props. Um, yeah, he's a professional like, you listen to him to fade bets in a professional way. Like that's how bad he was. Right. Yeah. No. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I, I asked you the other day, you know, what, what do we want to talk about for this pod? Um, and we're going to get into the Packers um, in our next segment, but um, I was scrolling through some of my notes today and I know that this wasn't, um, a pod that everyone listened to, and I think that they'll enjoy it, kind of reliving what ended up happening. Um, so I am going to go through um, the props that I made up for Wisconsin Sports Specific um, about a year ago. Um, yep. So I believe it was just you and me on the pod. And I had made up a few different um, things and um, you and me kind of broke them down and we'll kind of see now, um, you know, which ones were good bets and which ones were bad. I'm looking forward to revisiting this. I, I think I told you during the prep part of the show that I remembered us talking about this, but I don't remember a lot of the details and I have a feeling that I'm going to enjoy running this back. So I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, no, I, I actually think that you, Really well. Um, so kind of starting off um, for the first one, um, 
Will the Packers make the playoffs in uh, 2020, uh, 2021 season? Um, I put the yes at minus 250 and the no at plus 200. Um, so I guess if you were thinking that the Packers weren't going to be good, um, you know, two to one odds isn't too bad, but um, obviously they had the season that they had and, and, um, and yeah, minus 250 was a safe bet there. Yeah, I think looking back on it, I mean, it was pretty remarkable that the division took a shift the way that it did. So it ended up being a way safer bet than I even thought at the time. Yeah, um, yeah, the, the the division kind of sucked this year, and I, you know, we'll get into maybe what happens next year uh, a little later. Um, second one, um, it was: Do the Brewers make the playoffs in 2020? Now, this was prior to um, the shortened season. And they're over under on wins um, for 2020 in a full season would have been 83 and a half, um, which they were not at. So actually they did not end up on pace to be that um, during the 60 game season, but I put yes at minus 110, no at minus 110. Now there was the extra playoff team and they ended up under 500, but actually yes would have hit. Um, right. So, uh, I, you know, everyone, well, no one probably remembers the Brewers season from last year, but it was actually pretty bad and they actually still made the playoffs. So that, that would have been a bad beat if you had no, I think. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. To, to only have the, the Brewers make it because of once in a lifetime consequences definitely would have hurt if you had the no that, that said, not a lot of guys are, are betting on the no on that one who aren't actually Brewers fans. So. Probably wouldn't have been too right. Bad. Um, I think you'll like this one, and this one's actually not closed, so this would still be open for you. But you'd be you'd be starting to sweat by now. Okay. It's um in his senior season, will Brad Davison get suspended at least one game? Oh wow! And I had yes at plus one twenty and no at minus one fifty. Right, which. You, yeah, because it could go either way. He could lose his his cool at any time. Yeah, so I'm. I looked up their schedule, and um, for the regular season, they still have seven games left. Um, and some of those are against quality opponents. In which, I mean, you know, I'm sure we'll get to this at some point. But you can have your thoughts on Brad Davison, but um, he probably shouldn't be getting suspended for most of these games. However. Davison's Davison's man. I mean, you never know what's going to come. Yeah, the kid's a competitor. That's one thing that I can't disagree with him, even if I don't think he should be getting starters minutes anymore. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. All right. Um, here's another one that's open, and yet uh, it seems as though the odds would have shifted by now, Phil. Um, okay. And yeah, <laughs> I think you'll like the odds of of uh, of this one. Uh, the que- right. the question was, what happens first? Matt Lafleur makes a Super Bowl at minus one ten, or Greg Gard makes the Final Four at minus one ten. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! 
Man, see, here's here's the deal with that one. I feel like Greg Gard making the final four, and I'm sure a lot of people disagree with me on this. I think that's actually kind of inevitable. I think it's going to happen for him, especially with the kids he's bringing in. I don't know if Lafleur is ever going to climb that mountain. So, uh, I don't know. I think I think Greg Gard is the easy play there. Yeah, but I also don't think you would ever take that at minus one ten. Um, no. No, why would you ever make that bet? No, and so I think back, you know, way back when, um, you know, I I think it was, I think that it was more feasible for this year's team to make the Final Four um, versus the Packers making the Super Bowl. And so I, I mean, so I think if that were to have been placed now, I think the odds would be um, vastly different. Definitely. Definitely would be. Um, and by the way, I think, um, and we we can get into this maybe a little later, but I think the Packers, um, even going into next season, are like the fourth best odds or tied for the third best odds um, to win the Super Bowl. Um, yep, I believe they're plus 900. Um which isn't that bad in the grand scheme of things, nine to one odds. Right. And I don't think that the Badgers would be, would be plus 900 uh, to make the final four at this point in time. No, I don't think so either. Not, not with the way that they've been just curling up in the fetal position against large interior post players. So, right. All right. Um, I think you're going to like this one a lot. As well, I'll 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 do these back to back. Um, the first one is: um, Does Graham Mertz start a game in 2020-2021? Um, I had yes at plus one fifty and no at minus one seventy five. <laughs> <laughs> so you were cashing out big. Here was big time. Right. Oh, I I was the Mertz fan going into that season, obviously. If Cohn didn't roll his ankle or whatever the hell he did, it probably wouldn't have happened. But, man, that makes me happy to hear. How about this one? Um, who is the Wisconsin football QB starter uh, in week one, which week one for the Badgers would have been that Illinois game? I had Jack Cohn at minus 750 and Mertz at plus 250. Cash. Cash out. Cash out right now. How about that? Um, so the next one, um, and this is, there's a lot of value here. Um, who has more rushing yards in, uh, 2021, um, Wisconsin's starting running back at minus 250 or Aaron Jones at plus 200. Oh, wow. Value on Jones. Yeah. Um, Groshek, I believe, was a starter, and he, um, by the end of the season, had 300 yards. Well, I mean, Christ, they only played four games, but yeah. A lot of value. That's easy money. A lot of value. Yep. How about that? How about that? Um, Second to last one, and this one uh, makes me so happy. Does Giannis leave in free agency? I had yes at minus 120 and no at minus 110. Wow. How about that? 
How about that? Honestly, depending on when you hit that live line, there was probably a week or two before he signed it that you probably could have gotten that he was leaving or that he would have been staying at uh, like plus 150 even. Like I thought he was gone for sure. So that that makes me happy to hear. Yeah, no, I think we all heard it in that uh, Giannis pod. So, yeah, no, that's that was an awesome one. Um, this is going to be your favorite one, however. Um, so we must have done this pod back um, during the last NBA season. And yep. so I came up with one that said, not counting the current NBA season, which would have been last year, who wins MVP again first? <laughs> <laughs> So, even though Giannis won last year, it it actually wouldn't have counted for him, right? Right. So, it was Giannis at minus 250. It was Yelich at plus 200. And Rodgers at plus 800. Holy cow. You know what, though? That, I remember making those lines, and that still makes sense to me, even though Rodgers somehow won it. Right. Yeah. Like, I feel like if I was setting those lines right now, I would do the same thing. Right. So think about where we were at like a year ago when we were setting these lines and how how um, unlikely it, it was for Rodgers to win MVP before Giannis and Yelich again. And, um, how, you know, ultimately how unlikely it was for him to win any MVP again. Right. Um, and... And I would just say, think about that when we get into our um, our Packers preview, or our Packers offseason preview, I should say, um, which is coming up next. Uh, so, um, Phil, thanks for going through that with me, and uh, we will be right back. All right, we are back at the Midwest Coast Pod. Uh, we're gonna get get into some uh, some sort of preview for the Packers off season and what we are kind of looking for. Um, some key points to make, um, maybe some key players that um, we need to look to resign, uh, some money saving options, and where we need to address um, position wise. Um, in the off season to kind of make that next step um, in our Super Bowl run for next year. Um, so Phil is back with me. Um, Phil, do you um, do you want to touch at all on the Super Bowl, or are 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 our feelings kind of mutual in that um, it was a boring game and and no one really wants to hear about it? Yeah, it's pretty much not noteworthy at all. I mean, I'm actually not even going to give you my opinion on it other than that it was boring. And honestly, I wish I would have turned it off and played video games sooner. Yeah, you know, what What kind of gets me is, um, um, and this has been going on for years, I'll just sit and wait for commercials that I, that I, that I like, even though you can still, like, you can get them the next day on YouTube. So I don't know why I do that. Um, and overall, the commercials were even kind of disappointing this year. So 
I don't know why I stayed and 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 watched for basically the entire game. Um, but yeah, no feelings mutual. I think it was super boring. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, one other point to get to, um, Phil, how did you feel about the firing of Mike Pettin? Do you think it was the right move? And um, what are kind of your overall thoughts on the hire of Joe Barry? Yeah, so with Pettin, I thought that it was fine, except when it wasn't, right? Like, everybody was fine with him during the middle of the season when he kind of listened to his players and adjusted the scheme a little bit. And then he went and allowed Kevin King to get burned on a end of the half deep ball. And to be honest, coordinators are there to fire them and to make a statement to the team. That's kind of their role. So I'm fine with them firing him. Um, as far as Barry, I, I, I am very unexcited about that. I don't, I haven't looked anywhere in his career and saw something that makes me think that he's going to come in and be better than what Pettin was. Um, other than, you know, I mean, cause his like recent record, wasn't it with the chargers? He had like one of the worst defenses in the league for like three years. So I don't know. That's not really getting me too excited, but I mean, then again, it's a defensive coordinator and honestly the best defensive coordinators, you shouldn't even know about them. So I'm, I'm kind of whatever about it. Yeah, I I share the skepticism. Um, I read that he was the defensive coordinator for the winless Lions team. Um, oh, wow. Which was a long time ago. So, yeah. Um, I don't know how he's still getting opportunities, um, you know, this um, this far removed i mean may i i'm sure he's got a lot more experience but still I, I i don't know i think that the defense has a lot of a lot of talent and a lot of opportunity and i don't know um i'm just skeptical of this hire because i think that um Petten didn't use um his talent correctly at all times um and i i am skeptical that this joe barry character can as well um so, uh, Phil, I think I'm going to let you kind of drive this. Um, give me your thoughts. I'll kind of piggyback off of you. Um, I'm sure you're going to get into some free agency stuff and, and, and um, you know, what, what positions they need to uh, address. So um, I will kick it off to you. Yep. So I think that the, the offseason this year is going to kind of have two themes running it. I think the first is that the Packers, obviously, they need to free up some cap room. I, I think they're like somewhere between 25 and 30 million under the cap for the next season. Um, so obviously, they need to do some moves there. And I'll talk about like some things that I feel like they will probably end up doing. And then the other thing that I kind of want to mention as a theme is that I think that we need to try and shake up the roster a little bit and go with maybe a little bit more of the type of player who could be more high impact and have a higher risk. Not even necessarily talking about like guys with like personality issues or off the field concerns. I'm just talking about players that might not be as, you know, like the consistent Jamal Williams and Christian Kirksey types where like, you, you know, they're not awesome players, but they can get the job done. I think that with how bad the NFC North is going to be, um, we just need to kind of, get a, a grab bag of players and shake this roster up and try and 
maximize the window of Aaron Rodgers that way. Um, so anyway, um, I was, I'm going to go through a few guys that I think are going to be cap casualties that I don't think are going to be on the team next year. Um, I'll start off with my boy, garbage bag, Preston Smith. Do you agree? <laughs> he's gone. He's gone. Yep. He's gone. Yeah. That's an easy, I, some of these numbers I pulled from cap track. So getting rid of Preston Smith, that saves us uh, between 10 and 12 million. So that's obviously a pretty good savings there. Uh, Christian Kirksey, four and a half million. Do you cut him? Um, yes. Yep. I agree. I think that the young guns they have at inside linebacker are just as good as he is. So I don't really see any reason to keep him around. Uh, uh, Dean Lowry, uh, $6 million cap savings. You, you cut him or trade him? Uh, you cut him. Cut him outright. Forget about him. Guy's a clown. He's not a clown. Um, He's just not worth that. You could, I mean, you can get anyone who's as good as him for half that. Right. Like, I mean, think at the end of the year, Snacks Harrison. Everybody was way more excited about giving him snaps than Dean Lowry. And you got him on a veteran's minimum for like two weeks. Right. Um, and then the, the one guy who I think would be a cap casualty, but with David Bakhtiari's knee, I'm not so sure, is Billy Turner. Um, they could move on from him and save a lot of money, but with us not knowing if Bakhtiari is even going to play early in the season, I'm not sure if you can do that. What is the savings there? I think his savings was somewhere around like seven million. God, that's tempting, man. I would, I would, I would probably roll the dice and 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 do it. Okay, you'd probably cut him then. I probably would. So then, would you keep Wagner? Yes, Wagner. Is, okay, Wagner is getting paid what? Uh, he'd be four and a half million dollars of savings. Um, yeah, I would probably keep Wagner and get rid of Turner. All right. I'm, I'm probably leaning more towards keeping Turner and getting rid of Wagner, but it's to each his own. Right. Um, and then, so those are the cap casualties. Um, there's a few guys that are probably more suited for, um, extensions or reworking their contract. Uh, the one that's the most obvious, I think is the Darius Smith. He's due like 22 million this year, which is insane. Um, and I think he's young enough and I think everyone kind of agrees that we want him around for a while. They could work an extension on him and save around eight to 10 million this year, which I think makes a lot of sense for both, uh, Smith and the Packers. Um, another pretty obvious one is Devonte Adams. I don't think anyone wants to see him going anywhere. Obviously, you know, you don't know how long the window of an elite wide receiver is, but again, you're looking at like 8 million and I don't think anyone would be upset if we had him for three or four more years either. So, um, the last one that I kind of want to kick to you to get a little bit of your analysis on, cause I'm still not sure where I fall on this. Aaron Rodgers is by far like the biggest cap savings that we can do if we rework his, um, again, that, that kicks this decision out even longer in terms of us keeping him but it saves upwards of $13 million this year. Um, what would GM Malum do in this situation? Uh, I would, I would do it. I would do it. I think, um, I think that ultimately everyone wants to see him um, be a Packer for his entire career. Um, and I, I understand the, the thinking of 
looking towards the future at all times. Um, but ultimately, I actually disagree with that that type type of mindset because um, you know obviously Rogers isn't isn't Brady, but I mean the Pats could have worked something out to where Brady was there for for the rest of his career, and they they just simply did it um, because you know they're always thinking ahead, um, and generally that works out. But in the most important you know, for the most important position on the field, um, that can come back to bite you. Um, and I think, um, you know, in my eyes, um, there's absolutely zero guarantee that love is ever going to be the guy. Um, and sometimes when you make a bad investment, um, you end up cutting your losses. And I think that's something to explore here is just cutting your losses. You have the guy that you want. Um, you know, make sure that he's happy and ultimately improve your team when your window is open and save the money. Um, that's that's me. Yeah. I think that at this point, with the way Rodgers played and the fact that Jordan Love wasn't even good enough to be active on a roster this year, I think you have to do it. And it's it's different when you're looking at somebody like a Philip Rivers or an Eli Manning, but when you're talking about the legends of the game, Brady's, Manning's, and Favre's, most of those guys have a few more years in them than what you think, and building around them and as a team philosophy is almost always the right call. So I agree with you on that. Yeah, and and I'll I'll kind of add one more point because I you know I I kind of read some of the some of the columns. Um, you know, from some of the Packer writers who, who, who actually write for Packers.com. And so I, you know, I don't know what their agenda is um, or whatever, but, you know, they kind of defend, you know, the, the love signing and they, they kind of defend, um, you, you know, well, you could be so-and-so team or, you know, whatever by making all these bad decisions and not looking towards, you know, the future or whatever, but I, you know, when I, when I think of it, it's, it's, that's, that's good um, for looking towards the future. But ultimately, if you're being realistic, your Super Bowl window is not that big for literally 95% of the teams in the entire league. Um, I mean, and so that's, that's great that the Packers have have found, um, you know, sustained success throughout the years, basically because they they've had Rodgers and because they're uh you know what what people like to say stable, um, you know organization. But um, at the same time, I mean, you kind of got to recognize the window and 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 figure, you know, I mean. If our best chance is the next two years, should we give up something for that? Um, and my answer is usually yes. Yes, it is. Because, um, you know, ultimately championship windows close fast whether you look towards the future or not. And, uh, and I don't think that the Packers organization should have the arrogance of thinking that when they draft a quarterback – they're going to be um, 
you know, 15 to 20 year, you know, starters in the league who are Hall of Famers just because the last two that they've had are. Um, there's just no guarantees. And I think you need to ride this wave as long as you can. Yeah, I actually think that recent evidence suggests that we're actually really bad at uh, picking quarterbacks because you look at guys like Brian Brom and Tim Boyle, who stuck around forever. And Christ, we had to dig into the Seneca Wallace pile just to make it through the collarbone season. So I don't really think that we're all that great at picking quarterbacks other than, you know, obviously Favre and Rodgers are good, but we also have a lot of bad ones. And as of right now, love hasn't shown anything to tell us that he's good. So, yeah. Um, you also forgot about the, uh, Brett Hundley, um, draft. Oh Christ. The Brett Hundley experience. Let's not forget about that. Yeah. And there was like talks that, you know, he was worth a second rounder. If anyone was knocking on their door for, um, to trade Brett Hundley for a second rounder and they hung up, um, he, he, you know, I don't know who was in charge during that time, but if it was Thompson, I'm sorry that I slandered your name and, you know, rest in peace. If it was Goody, um, get out of here, buddy. Yeah, I think that was the Thompson era. I don't think we had Hunley during a Goody year, now that I think of it. All right, well, I'm sorry that I slandered his name then. Yeah, that's too bad. That and shit on Ted Thompson's grave, so right. thanks for that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway... Turning the turning the page here a little bit, and I actually agree with you on the going, you know, trying to maximize your window philosophy for the draft and free agency. My thing for this year is I want to get a bunch of guys who have high potential, and I want to just get them into camp, and I want to see what happens because of two things. No, there's like four teams in the NFL that actually have cap space this year. It's like the Colts the Jets, the Dolphins, and I can't remember the other one, probably the Bengals. So, sure, there's going to be a few guys that get a lot of money, but most NFL free agents this offseason aren't going to get what they think they will, and so there's going to be a lot of decent talent for cheap. Um, I also think that because of the really weird college football season, the fact that there's no NFL draft or uh, scouting combine, I think that uh, there's going to be a lot more high variance in the draft so the more picks you can have in this year's draft, especially in the like mid-round range, I think that's really good for a franchise just because there's going to be some talent that slips. Um, and so overall, I'm going to try and get as many bats at the plate as I can. And I don't want to go all in on getting like two guys to make a difference. Personally, I'd rather spread it out and get a bunch. I'm curious what your thoughts are on on kind of the general approach for them this offseason. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, we'll we'll at some point have uh, Packers draft preview once it gets closer because I think that I think I'm I'm not 100 on this, but I think that was our highest uh, listened to pod last year was the Packers draft preview. I don't know why you know 62 people are so excited for for the draft, um, but I guess it's kind of um, something that people get into. So, um, but yeah, I. I wouldn't disagree with you. However, um, you know, I mean, I don't know if you're suggesting of trading out of the first round for, for, you know, more and more picks. Um, but ultimately, 
while there may be some more variants, I think there's enough variants in most drafts to where um, to where it'll ultimately be somewhat of a normal draft. Um, just because I think that I I think that teams have enough tape on the previous years. Now there will be some guys, and actually it it kind of gets back to the Packers being shitty at drafting quarterbacks. I think that one specific thing that maybe missed on is quarterbacks this year, and you could see a guy getting getting drafted late who ends up being okay is because, um, for instance, you know, Burrow, Burrow, you know, prior to getting drafted number one overall, he was, um, you know, he was like graded after his junior year to be like a third or fourth rounder. Um, So I think high variance in that. Um, But at the same time, every other position, it seems like guys miss. I mean, I mean, you know, you'll see, you'll see every other position, and, um, you know, most guys tech, I mean, generally aren't first rounders. Um, you know, I mean, you go back to the Packers draft where they, you know, they drafted Williams and, uh, Jones in the same draft. And I mean, I think that was what, that was a, that was a fourth and a sixth rounder or, I yep. mean, so while I think that you're on the right thought process, I also think that every draft kind of has somewhat of a variance as far as people slipping through. I think that there's good opportunity to stockpile picks and get more players because the more, you know, darts that you throw, um, you know, the more, you know, the better chance that you have. But um, at the same time, you know, if they, if they see a corner that they like, um, at the end, at the end of the draft, who um, doesn't exhibit the same type of characteristics as, say, Ahmad Carroll, um, <laughs> um, I think they should go for it. I mean, I I honestly do, and um, and that that's kind of been my whole approach. That's why I I didn't, you know, even though um, even though I probably didn't hate it as much as some people, the love pick. Last year, what what kind of rubbed me the wrong way was they traded a fourth round pick away. I mean, that fourth round pick could have been Aaron Jones again, right? Um, yeah, good point. So, I think it comes down to how aggressive do you want to be and and how how much you end up liking a guy, and then also kind of evaluating what are you going by? Are you going by combine results, um, which I think. Is the combine canceled this year? Yeah, so they're not doing any of the drills. Um, they're only doing like the medical checkup, but you go to like an independent certified healthcare provider. So you don't actually go to a central location. Right. And then I think that schools are still holding their pro days. So I'm sure that every team will be at every single pro day. Um, so, I mean, I think that's something to evaluate too. I mean, what are you going by? Are you going by this past year's? Um, you know, tape or where you think that you have something um, sort of concrete where they played enough games and you've seen enough. Are you going off of their junior tape or are you simply going off their pro day and, and, you know, maybe fool's gold. Um, So ultimately I think that there's a lot that goes into it. 
Um, and I think that the Packers need to be smart this draft. I wouldn't mind it if they if they traded down, uh, you know, to kind of stockpile picks. But um, at the same time, I'm not going to hate it, you know, if they draft, you know, who's supposed to be the next stud um, for one of their uh, needs. Yeah, I guess I, I want to be a little – I guess I want to clarify my comment about trying to get as many picks as they can. I definitely think that they need their first-round pick and their second-round pick. Um, I I was more referring to, like, some of those cap casualty guys, work the phones and see if you can get a pick as, like, a trade-off. I even think about moving some of, like, next year's picks into this year's draft, that kind of stuff, because I think – I think they need to use a first rounder on like the um, offensive line, defensive line guys. Like those are positions that it's a little tougher later in the draft to find good players. Uh, cornerback, obviously, they need somebody there too. So I, I don't want to be on the record of saying they need to get rid of their earlier picks for later rounds. I just think don't go like how you said last year where they traded a fourth rounder to move up. Don't do that this year. Try and get a guy with that fourth rounder and see if he sticks. Yeah. No. I. I mean. I. I think I actually one thing that you could see this for this year's draft for every team is um, possibly less trades um, just to the fact that other teams don't want to give up. um, Don't want to give up their later on picks because, you know, you just never know. I mean, truly. And uh, and I think that that this draft will exhibit that probably a little bit more than um, in years past. So. Yep. For sure. Um, yeah, I guess I kind of wanted to do just really briefly what my wish list is for this team. I think we need depth across the O line. Um, I want to get one of those quick and flashy running backs to compliment the hammer, AJ Dillon, the snow plow, as I like to call them. Um, I think we need one of those gadget returner, wide receiver guys, you know, like a Tavon Austin who isn't in his mid thirties. Um, obviously a corner. I think we need that. I also think one of those, uh, what we all thought Raven green was going to be where like you have a bigger safety, you can play in the box. I think getting somebody who can actually fill that role would be awesome. Or like a speedy linebacker. Um, and, and yeah, I just think overall, I think we need to get more athletic. Um, and we need to get a couple of big guys on the offensive and defensive line because, while our star players are great, the depth there is suspect. So that's, I don't know. I, I feel like we have a lot of needs on this team that could really step in right away and contribute. So I'd like to see a lot of guys come in for camp. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, so you kind of, um, you kind of, I not admitted, but um, I guess, um, kind of referred to getting kind of a speedster, more of a shifty back. Um, are you then thinking that we are probably out on the Aaron Jones um, sweepstakes? Yep. I actually, I don't have us bringing back any true unrestricted free agents besides maybe um, big dog Mercedes Lewis. I don't think we bring back Aaron Jones. I think he gets stupid money from the Bengals or something. Uh, Lindsley's going to get big money somewhere. Kevin King. I don't even want to see a Kevin King Jersey in the pro shop anymore. I want those them to send those to Africa or some shit. 
And Jamal Williams, if he comes back for cheap money, obviously everybody would love to see him back, but I think he'll get paid somewhere else too. I, I don't see any of our guys coming back who are like actually free agents. I just don't see it. Sure. Um, Phil, what else you got in your notes? Um, you know what? Honestly, that's uh, that's kind of it. I I just I don't want people thinking that this team is is set for the future. Um, and I don't think that people need to think that we are gonna go all in in terms of like spending a shitload of money. But I look at what guys like Brady has been able to do in the past years. You bring people in, and then you let your star quarterback figure out what to do with them. I think if we do more of that this year and put a bunch of different kinds of cheaper weapons around Rodgers, you see what goes. Um, And ultimately, the defense, play to the talent that we have. I mean, we have an awesome corner, an awesome defensive tackle, great safeties. That's a good defense. And if, if Joe Barry or whatever his name is and whatever his dad did, just let your players play. Um, we can, we'll be a playoff team next year and you get in there and you see if you get hot and that's all you can do at this point in the game. Um, I feel better about this team than I did last year. So that's something to say. And, uh, I don't know, be a long off season waiting for them to get back to camp. Absolutely. Um, Phil, I, we, we maybe should have started off this segment with this question. Uh, but you know, every once in a while we get a little backwards. Phil, what are, um, you know, after a couple weeks of kind of thinking about, um, you know, the last game that the Packers had, um, kind of thinking about the season overall, um, what, what were your thoughts on the 2020-2021 Packers? Um, so, overall, I would say they were a better team than they were in 2019-2020. Obviously, the the record and the end result was the exact same, so that blows. <clears throat> I would say that this gave us all hope that Rodgers can and should and probably will be a Packer for um, at least probably three more years. I mean, I don't see them doing anything sooner than that. Um, I think I learned to appreciate uh, how awesome Devontae Adams is. The dude's a fucking magician. Um and I, I don't know. I think I, I, they're a lot of fun. They were a great team. Um, it sucks that, you know, once again, we lose to a team twice. Um, that was clearly probably a better team than we were. Um, but I'll always remember this team as being one of the most fun to watch. And uh, with everything that 2020 gave us, um, to be able to watch a 13-3 and football team go to the NFC Championship game with a lot of hope of winning it, um, that made the, the year a lot more memorable than what it otherwise would have been. So I guess that's how I'm always going to remember them. I couldn't have said it better myself, Bill. Um, any parting thoughts? Um, I just want Brett Lamb to know that I've, I'm going to put a picture of him above my weight bench at home. Um, I've been training, training for this uh, throwdown that we're going to have in the gym. Uh, so I just don't want him thinking that I'm, that I'm sitting around getting comfortable. That's, that's all I've got to say. Absolutely, that. man. No, I, I, I know that you're training hard for this thing and, uh, we'll have this on pay-per-view soon. Um, I would like to give a shout out to my dad. Um, you heard him a few weeks ago on the playoff preview. 
Um, it is his birthday today, so uh, happy birthday, Dad. Um, we appreciate you here on the uh, Midwest Coast Pod, and uh, we hope to hear from you soon, buddy. Um, yeah. Shout out, happy birthday, back-to-back birthday pods. Um, you love to see it. Happy birthday, Scott. All right, Phil. Well, thanks for joining me, um, and we will talk to you soon on the Midwest Coast Pod. Adios, everybody.